Hello, everyone. Francesco here, and I'll be one of your hosts and DMs for the Hapless Heroes podcast. I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of all of us for giving us a shot and joining our audience. Uh, and I also want to just take this time to offer a brief disclaimer regarding the earlier episodes of our podcast. Uh, we were just super eager to record our sessions and release them, but we didn't really have the equipment or experience to make our audio quality that great at the bat. But as you can tell by the way I sound now, we've definitely addressed that. So if you can suffer through a handful of episodes recorded through a single mic and some other interface issues we had in the early days, probably only the first like you know handful of episodes anyways, I can say with confidence that it gets better and we've added some fun things like sound effects and all that other fun stuff. So again, that all being said, thank you so much for joining us and we hope you enjoy the ride. Welcome to Hapless Heroes. We are an actual play D&D 5th edition podcast, but we'll be approaching that format a little bit differently, and I will explain that in a moment. My name is Francesco, and I'll be one of your hosts and DMs for this homebrewed D&D adventure. Uh, for this campaign, I will be sharing the host and DM duties with my dear friend Dave here. Hey, folks. Essentially, uh, he and I are going to be trading off DM duties as we reach the end of like a module or a story arc, you know, whenever we feel something reaches like a natural conclusion, so that we're actually writing and building out the world off of like where the other dm left things um we'll also be editing out some of the boring stuff like flipping through books for rules clarifications and some some of the tedium of like resting and assigning xp just things that kind of take away from the immersion of the story and we feel that uh you know this kind of approach would you know allows us allow us to both offer up a story that is ever evolving and mostly seamless as well as let us also scratch the itch we both have to be players sometimes too uh, each piece of the story will be a complete surprise to the other DM, so there will be little to no metagaming possible, because we don't talk about what we're writing. It's it's a lot like good improv. I can't, you know, we can't contradict what the other is saying, so we have to just build off of it. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a cool place. Yeah, and we will also be using, um, if you guys are familiar with, you know, some of the supplements for D&D, &D, and just for those people who are wondering, uh, we're using some uh, Unearthed Arcana supplements as well as some of the like official D&D like, supplements. Uh, we're using the Elemental Evil Player's Companion, Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, and then the Eberron and Underdark Characters uh, Unearthed Arcana addendums. Uh, and it's mostly just for spells and character creation, but the world itself is actually homebrewed. So speaking of our players, I'd like to just kind of take a moment and go around and introduce our hapless heroes. So I'm just going to have you kind of state your name, how long you've been playing, and we'll just give a brief description about, you know, who your character is, things like that. Uh, and one of our players is actually not here tonight, but uh, you won't meet him until our third episode anyways. So um, start to my left and just kind of go around the table. So we're going to start with uh, Joe, who's playing... Ezra. Ezra is a uh, monk. He's uh, very about business. He's kind of straight to the point. Um, has a penchant for alcohol. Has a little bit of a drinking problem. <laughs> and uh, Don't we all? <laughs> No, and, we uh, don't all. He, he tends to be a little tricky at times, but... Um, he's a good person, right? He's a solid dude. He's a solid dude. And uh, how long have you been playing D&D, &D, Joe? A few months now. Yeah. Um, this, is, this, is actually, this is actually your first D&D &D campaign, right? Yeah. So like Joe's kind of a newcomer to D&D, &D, and we entered it into his world. And how are you liking it so far? It's good. Yeah? 
You having fun? <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. Uh, and now we're going to go to uh, Mike. Mike, who are you playing? Yeah, I'm uh, playing Quinn Southwind. Mm. Tell us a little bit about Quinn. Uh, he is uh, a gentleman who has been kind of uh, on his father's boat. Uh, his father captained uh, for a while until a, a large mutiny kind of took over his ship. Uh, Quinn was on the ship for a while, just kind of uh, writing stories about his father and making him more of a hero than he really was. But to him, his father was like the end all. Be sure, all. of course. And uh, so when the mutiny happened, uh, Quinn kind of, uh, well, he, he obviously escaped with his, with his, you know, narrowly with his life, uh, but he uh, was able to deftly steal or retrieve uh, his father's dagger from him before he left the ship. Uh, so he has that with him at all times because that's the last thing he, he has. It's like his in prized possession. possession. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so he does not, you know, part with that for any reason. And uh, so he is on kind of a, a tilt a little bit. He's a bard. Uh, he's kind of a storyteller, really likes to kind of get to know people, a little bit of a flirt. Uh, but he definitely is kind of bent on revenge a little bit. Of course. He wants to kind of regain the renown that he's, his father had. Awesome. Awesome. I've been playing for quite a long time. Uh, how long has it been? Like a- third, when third edition first came out. So it's been what? Like, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. 10 to 15 years. Something, something like, like that. that. I can't remember. Yeah. Crazy. The exact date. Someone yeah, will know. Good times. And uh, all right, great. Thank you, Mike. Um, now we're gonna go to Dave. And Dave, who are you playing for these for this first leg of our adventure? I'm playing um, a uh, warforged fighter named, or designated, I suppose, Omega Project Prototype Zero. And without going into too much background, the Omega Project is um, sort of a collective of magicians and scientists working on an island way to the south way out from civilization the desert yeah yeah um trying to keep civilization where it's at so about 160 years prior there was a big cataclysm the whole pool of available magic just dried right the hell up so now they don't have magic making all these um like shortcut decisions for them so they pretty much had to like invent science in about a hundred years. So they've been doing that down there and they've gotten as far as making a couple of autonomous combat units that hopefully they can use up north when we get to what's going on uh, there later. We'll give a little brief. I but think, Zero is the first the of his kind. Yeah, Zero is the first. See, he's also his own project manager. So he's busy <laughs> being a shooting scientist kind yeah, of researching guy. himself. Yeah. Yeah. So you create your own hours. More or less, but I'm never off the clock. <laughs> well, if you're doing what you love, Zero. Awesome. Yep. And um, I'm another uh, Dungeons & Dragons dinosaur. I've been mm-hmm. playing since 2nd uh, edition, mm. uh, back in the so late the 90s. Edition. Oh, oh, hey, no, hey, hey. No, watch no, it. No, no, watch no, no, it. No, no. We don't want to alienate our, player base, or, 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 our listener base right off the bat. Shitty edition. What, two, we're not talking about fourth here, dude. <laughs> Fair. Oh, shots fired. But, um, no, I survived Thacko. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, be thankful you don't know what that is. You're Um, not missing much. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. And finally, uh, we have James. And James, who are you playing? I will be playing Hoblet, the Smasher. (laughs) Uh, He is a Mountain Dwarf war cleric. Uh, He enjoys crude humor. And he has a great loyalty to the troop. He will do what is necessary to defend his friends at all costs, as you all will find out. <laughs> Hoblet smash. 
How about Smash? He also carries around a mall that he has nicknamed Trixie because he likes smashing things with it. And Trixie's a cool name. <laughs> James, how long have you been playing D&D for? Uh, like Joe, I am also a noob. Ezra and I are, we've been playing since the fifth edition. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, right. Yeah, like, this like, edition, yeah. Like 2016. Yeah, since yeah. the fifth week of summer. Give or take, yeah. Um, yeah, loving it though. Great. Loving it. Great, great, great. All right. Um, so now that we know our players a little bit, uh, I kind of just wanted to touch on a few things about our campaign as well as, you know, uh, just kind of throw out a couple shout outs to some of the folks who were kind enough to provide us with some really great materials like to make this campaign and podcast like possible. So first, uh, this campaign takes place in the fictional world of Telduria. Um, this, this setting was actually inspired by a map that I found um, that was created by the very talented artist and cartographer Maxime Plass. I hope I said your name right. I discovered him on this website called the Cartographers Guild, and essentially it's like an online forum and community devoted to like all things map making. I mean, whether it's for RPGs or just even for like just in general, like just hobbyists of map making. Cartographer is one of my favorite words. It's a pretty great word. It's a pretty great word. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so he actually uh, originally created the map as a commission for this um, some, some Australian RPG club. And he was kind enough to, after, you know, after I contacted him, he was kind enough to allow us to use this same map for our podcast. Uh, in fact, you guys can actually see a high-resolution map that he hand-drew, like hand-drew on his tablet, this whole map. It's an incredibly detailed thing. I mean, he did it by hand. Um, on his website, it's maxsmaps.com. So that's M-A-X-S-M-A-P-S.com. And he also has a, a DeviantArt page as well. Um, has his works up. And you can also find him on the Cartographer Guild. He's just hyphen max hyphen very easy to find he's most of his most of his work has like won awards and stuff but he's just very talented um and if you actually check the description of this episode i'll have all the linkage for you guys to visit to view his art from there he's i mean really he does commissions too like this guy is this guy is the real deal the bee's knees yeah uh secondly i'd like to uh offer a small disclaimer uh regarding the first few episodes of this podcast uh we started out recording our sessions with just a single microphone suspended above my dining room table and so the audio quality is a bit subpar is in that you can literally hear everything happening in the room. I mean, you can that, that includes, you know, my cats knocking stuff over or my neighbors walking around upstairs or a fan running because it was so damn hot here in the summer. And also, you know, like dice clicking off of bottles and, you know, James wantingly smashing the table whenever he gets excited, really living up to his character's name. Oblet smash. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess I want to say thanks in advance for bearing with us. And as you can uh, tell, we have upgraded our hardware situation significantly. Uh, so you won't have to put up with that for very long. And if you, if you do have a problem with it, you're listening to six guys throwing dice at a table in a room. You, you don't need concert. Right. Right. Take a long, hard look right. at you're your life. Wrong Take a yeah. long rest. And go find <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Big time. So... Also, I want to have a, just a brief shout out to our friend Zach, who he'll be joining us as a player actually later in our first season, probably about our third episode. Um, but he actually wrote the theme song. Like he and I, like he wrote it, and he and I like kind of mixed and mastered it a bit. Uh, and he also uh, created our logo. Um, so big thanks to him. I'm sure he'll hear this, and then you know you'll hear him on the air shortly. Um, so I guess you know with with those kind of brief things out of the way, um, I just want to get into you know what our players know about the world of Telduria so far. And it's an interesting story how we got here. Just a little brief aside to the audience. So 
Francesco had the idea that we would run this campaign. Uh, he'd run a session, I'd run a session. And he got his hands on the map. He took the map and wrote about 10 paragraphs, hands that off to me. I write God knows how much to tack on to that. Right. And we've just been passing this lore, I, yeah. this script lore, you know, world notes back and forth, just riffing off each other. And it was fantastic. Is I don't think I could have done anything with just a map, but a map and a few paragraphs and all right, let's we have paint a world. all this color in the middle yeah. and suddenly we've got a game world. Yeah, we but have a world. It was it was really good shit. The map it's really was fun. incredible. It's, really, it's fun and, writing with somebody else, especially like it's, it's just backstory and stuff like that because I just feel like it, it helps when you guys as players kind of walk into a world that's like, you know, like there's some depth to it. Whether even you learn about it or not, it's just nice to know that it's there because if you ever do decide to like look deeper into something, chances are we have something written for that. Well, the other cool thing as a player is you've got two perspectives of the world, right? Which is also cool. So, like, what we're playing with you is going to be different than when Dave is. It is makes DMing. it very unpredictable. Yeah, it's like awesome. when it's not just coming from one person, right? Um, and uh, and actually, by the time this episode is recorded, because you'll be able to tell because of the audio quality, we'll have actually just finished our first arc. So, actually, the next time we get together in person in in real time, Dave will be DMing his first episode with us. It'll be. It's going to be an experience. It's going to be an experience. It's going to, I'm going to be turning the show over to him until his story arc is over, and then, you know, it's going to come right back. Um, so anyway, a little bit about the world of Tal'Duria then. Right now, the year is 1374. It has been 160 years since the Earth shook and the event now known as the Foul Upheaval took place. The once prominent and flourishing city of Ul, which laid at the center of this massive continent that is the world of Tal'Duria, is now nothing more than a crater in rubble surrounded by the powerful legions of undead that were once its citizens. Today, the area is known to many as the Crucible Lands. It is widely believed that a former archwizard of Ul, a human by the name of Ebenezer, now presides over these lands, mad with power and angry that his dark ritual failed to ascend him to godhood. He now sends forth his legions in an attempt to find hidden portals that may lead to the outer plains so that he may finally complete his quest for absolute power. Countless armies and adventurers have perished in their attempts to defeat Ebenezer over the years, adding themselves to the growing undead army that continues to march upon the land. The fall upheaval caused many factions to form in its wake, each claiming they possessed the numbers and skill to defeat this demi-lich and send his armies back to the dirt. These factions have mostly separated by region and in some cases have formed very loose alliances with each other. Tensions run high as some of these allied groups that were in existence prior to this magical cataclysm were actually at war with one another before a common enemy emerged. And also because of this event, there's actually only a moderate level of magic in this world, as much of it was disrupted when the ley lines that created the weave of magical power in this realm were weakened and severed by Ebenezer's ritual of power. This also caused many of the, you know, the old gods to fall relatively silent, only maybe a few clerics actually truly being able to commune with their deity. Um, but many people at this point now have actually adopted a new religion sort of in the wake of this, as people do. And, um, you know, the small population of remaining magic users is actually now viewed with both awe and fear by the common folk, as many of them were born long after these events, since the overall population of Tal'Duria is comprised mostly of humans. Uh, as a result, most young mages are now sent to colleges to practice, as well as to isolate them from the general public until they can be trained to suppress and control their abilities. It's very rare that um, someone with magical abilities grows grows up outside of a school. But um, it's not it's not like rogue mages are persecuted in, necessarily, but it's definitely like against the law for them to operate magic in most places. And a lot of this is um, some of its fear, some of its tradition uh, before the upheaval. 
magic was super ubiquitous and everywhere. Like there was no need to invent mass transit is you could just have, uh, you know, even a reasonable wizard open up a portal to the next city. Right. Now all that sort of thing's gone, but you were training kids back then because back then even a modestly talented kid could level a city. Right. Now the threat really isn't there. Now a modestly talented kid can boil water in his living room. Right. That's about it. <laughs> so millennials. <laughs> Only if there's ramen going We're into boiling water. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did I just prove I was a dinosaur? Oh, that's no. fantastic, no, dude. No, that was really good. Spot on. Um. Wow. All right. So uh, you're welcome. Anyways, back to magic. Uh, there are some schools of magic, such as uh, evocation and necromancy, that are deemed either restricted or forbidden, as they are capable of the most destruction. Obviously. Um, there are also many laws uh, in, in most of the cities in the realm um, that bar the use of magic within city limits, with few exceptions made for certain approved individuals or organizations. Or I mean, it really depends. You know, the, the laws vary from township to township. Um, so where does our party fit into all this? Our players are new adventurers seeking to join the ranks of the infamous Crucible Runner organization. And get revenge for his father. <laughs> also that. <laughs> Also it's to, easier to do with dollar dollar bill, y'all. Also, also true. Also, just to follow their own personal ambitions, um, the Crucible Runner organization is spiritually centered at the, a place called "quote unquote" the Bar and Grill in the city of Last Wall, which is one of sort of the um, main cities in the way of you know the undead kind of spilling down to the south of you know you'll, you'll see if you kind of look at the map as well. Um, the Crucible Runners are just sometimes, you know, known as runners, uh, are those groups of adventurers that, you know, are bold, skilled, insane, you know, you know, because you got to be crazy if you want to, like, trek into those Crucible lands. But, you know, they do that because, you know, there are many magical artifacts and just, you know, it's just littered with undiscovered, you know, super magical stuff that the world hasn't seen for 160 years. And... You know, these are these artifacts are I meaning extremely sought after by all the par- various political factions of Telduria and will not only fetch a price beyond the wildest dreams of most, but will also generate great renown for the successful group. Because these runs actually come at an incredible risk. Uh, to date, only 12 runs have been completed successfully as compared to the 1,327 groups that have been completely wiped out making the attempt. Not to mention the countless groups that made it back empty-handed, because even returning alive from the Crucible Lands is actually seen as a mark of great achievement. Um, aspiring runners and other adventurers are also generally accorded as members of the greater runner community, albeit lower on the food chain, which is kind of where you guys are at. You know, you're kind of working your way from the bottom, trying to do odd jobs here and there, you know what I mean? To kind of like earn enough renown that you can, you know, people would trust you to like venture in. They're not going to just let anybody walk into there. Like they're not just sending people off to die. You know, if you if they feel that you're if you feel you're skilled enough and they feel like you're skilled enough, you can go in there. Otherwise, you're just they're going to tell you it's suicide. You know, um, in addition to the bar and grill, runners have established informal chapter houses in most major cities and settlements of the realms. These serve as places for like minded adventurers such as yourselves uh, to gather as well as um, clearing houses for all sorts of mercenary freelance and adventurer kind of type work. These houses generally take on the character of their city and regional culture. Most are raucous, the bar and grill especially. Uh, but, you know, like the house in Tamasha here, which is like the desert where the Omega Project is sort of stationed, you know, it's sort of a hookah bar, the house in High Rock, a tea house, for example. Um, so that's where all adventure will begin. 
Our aspiring and hapless adventurers will be looking to make a name for themselves in order to climb the ladder to the top of the runner organization or die trying. As well as dealing with the looming undead threat that has plagued the realm for over a century. And um, get revenge. And get revenge. Yeah. Um so stay tuned, you know, for episode one, which should be posted actually by the time this goes to air. I think we're going to release them both at the same time. Um, so I'd like to give one last shout out. And this is not this is a complete non-sponsored plug. But like I want to say, like, you know, because our our, our, our first adventure, um, you'll learn a little bit more. But um, I was inspired by from some of the things I found on the DMs Guild, which we said about before. You know, if you play D&D and haven't heard of it, it's filled to the brim with official and community created content for your D&D campaigns. And some of the material we've written for the podcast was definitely inspired by the works on there. So I highly recommend everybody check it out, especially if you're you looking at DM a game, looking for a little inspiration, even just some supplemental or just fun stuff to like kind of throw in a wrench into, you know, the just the same, you know, the, the vanilla game. It's it's really awesome. Um, so that's it, really. Uh, unless anyone has anything to add, you know, I mean, I want to just, do you guys have anything... Um, else you want to say or any questions or i'm sorry mom (laughs) i will avenge my father right just just another small thing um this game was kind of born out of the ashes of another game where uh, me francesco and uh, mike had played and uh we did this at uh one of our local gaming stores and uh you know this is a big deal if you've got a local gaming shop go there buy a book there support it is, uh, that's going to be spawning a lot of good games and a lot of good content like what we're putting together starts there. Right. Support local business. Support your local yeah. game stores. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like absolutely. Um, all right. So thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Um, you can actually drop us a line on our Twitter. We're at Hapless Heroes. And if you really enjoy the show as you like, you know, begin, you know, start listening to it, we'd love it if you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Every review like that gets us more visibility and allows us to entertain like a broader audience. And we really, really, really appreciate it a lot. Um, so let's go around the table one more time and, um, we'll just, I guess we'll sign off. So we got Joe signing off. <laughs> Jeez, it's, it, it's like how you thought of a catchphrase. I was going to say catchphrase. Do hey, it. You almost killed me. Catchphrase. Mike. <laughs> see ya. Dave. Good night. See you next time. James. Bye, friends. And again, I'm your host, Francesco, and uh, we'll see you... um, Episode one. Episode one. Thank you, guys.